Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show that focuses on people and organizations making a big difference here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. And joining us right now is the chairman of the Friends of the Dallas Public Library, Mr. Gary Gotson. How are you doing, Gary? Hey, how are you? I'm glad to have you. And again, I'm really, really curious about the Friends of the Dallas Public Library because I don't know about you, Gary, but growing up and going to high school and grade school, especially in high school, I used to hang out in the library all the time. So I've always been amazed at what you could learn in a library. What about you? How was it when you were growing up? What made you kind of steer towards helping the Dallas Public Library? Well, a couple of things come to mind for me. Number one, you know, I, I love to read. I love information. Um, to me, books have always opened up a world of opportunity and possibilities to yeah. me. I have, I have very distinct memories of my mother taking me to um, the library. And I can remember, you know, have, basically having free reign to, to go explore um, anything I wanted in a library. And I think lastly, I would say, you know, just throughout my life without thinking too hard about it, you know, whether it was in college, whether it's a young adult exploring new areas of opportunity from a career perspective, it's just something similar to church that's always been in my life. And sometimes you kind of take it for granted, but it's always there when you need it. So I, I love the impact libraries have, have had on my life. And when I moved to Dal the Dallas area over 10 years ago, you know, it seemed like a great way for me to give back as part of my career. I've always wanted to not wait to the end of my career to start giving back. I've, I've always tried to pursue, pursue my professional endeavors and also give back along the way. And the Friends of the Dallas Public Library was was a, uh, a great vehicle to do that. Yes, the Friends of the Dallas Public Library are the nonprofit partner of the Dallas Public Library. Can you tell everybody and share what your career is and what has been what has been like? And then, like you said, it turned out to be a great partnership for you with the Dallas Public Library. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, sure. So, uh, currently, I'm actually in Orlando. Um, Florida, where I am the CEO of uh, Summit Broadband, which is a, a local uh, broadband provider providing fiber uh, connectivity and broadband services, okay. voice, voice, video, and data to the residents of Florida for both you know residential customers as well as commercial customers. 
I had a long, I've had a long career in telecom. I spent almost two decades with AT&T and worked for some other providers. And um, in fact, that's what brought me to Dallas. I got my start in the Washington DC area, moved around the country with, with AT&T at the time. And then, you know, the headquarters of AT&T happens to be in Dallas. Yes. Uh, one of my former mentors and officer uh, Brooks McCorkle was a former chair of the Friends of the Dallas Public Library. She invited me to participate and get involved. And lo and behold, I end up <laughs> over time being the chairman. But that's that is my my history and my background. What brought me to to the Dallas area? Well, the Friends of the Dallas Public Library. And by the way, man, I, I think it's so it's like a small world. I've got so many friends who either worked for AT and T or currently work for AT&T because AT&T is like a global corporation. My mother even actually worked for AT&T back in the day. So, you know, about St. Marshall, she's now running the Dallas Mavericks and she was big time with the AT&T. So absolutely. Absolutely. Cindy is a, you know, a friend. She was a mentor and Mm -hmm. advocate on my behalf. And we all uh, just loved her then and just in all, of the things she's accomplishing today. And yeah, you're right. <laughs> the AT&T, AT&T the, the tentacles run deep and wide. And um, yeah, I, I've had, I have still continue to have deep relationships and friendships. So in fact, my mother grew up in the, um, the telecom industry, if you will. Okay. She had a there, got her start at South Central Bell, which in, ended up becoming part of Bell South and the Bell system and mm-hmm. part of, what is now AT&T today. So, so yeah, those history, the history of the company and telecom tends to pass on generationally. That is, I'm telling you, it's like small world because that's a lot of my background as well. My mother with the bell system and it becoming AT&T and the whole nine yards, her, her path was similar to St. Marshall's. Now moving back to the library, because that's what this is all about. Um, The friends of the Dallas public library is trying to make sure that everybody understands the inst- excuse me, the ind- indispensable place in our community, that mm-hmm. the people who work there and the people that use the libraries, and to make sure that, that, that people just don't, uh, you know, they just don't just Google everything. You can actually go to the library to learn things. And also, like I said, I learned to lose myself in thought with all those books. And I've always told kids there's power in knowledge, and the knowledge to me was always in the library. Can you can you talk about the 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 mantra of the Dallas Public Library? What you're here for? So, in in addition to being a resource of you know physical material mm-hmm. and now digital material, there are a number of programs that the library support uh, based on last year, but last year's budget and upcoming year over the next couple of years, we'll support upwards of a million dollars of programming um, that occurs in and around the library as a, in addition to the physical infrastructure and the materials and the digital resources that are available. Things like uh, Books for Dallas babies, for every newborn baby that's born, we provide a, their first book and summer programs where we provide, you know, activities as well as lunch, even to the support we provide for 
at least at the central library for the, the homeless customers as Joe Gadais, the, the director of the library, uh, Buck Dallas Public Library would call them, they're, they're her customers. Mm-hmm. And so there are a number of programs year over year that we support. And the bottom line is, um, is so much more about the library and what it does that people aren't, aren't aware, unaware of. You know, when you think about it, you know, it's it's easy to go do the one click at an Amazon or somewhere and purchase a book, but so many people re- rely on the Wi-Fi, the comfort of the library, the you know the the books, the access to the the music, all kind of resources that are that are available that we take for granted that others can just go out and purchase on a daily basis. So it's become somewhat of an oasis in the city and in the respective communities for a variety of different types of activity um, that we that we often just simply take for granted. It's so it's so interesting you brought that up because a lot of people do take for granted Wi-Fi. And I know for a fact there's a lot of school kids that don't have access to Wi-Fi in their homes and they basically go to the library to get their work done and, and get on the portals in their school. Can you talk about the fact that the, the libraries are so accessible to children? Oh, oh, oh my goodness. And so th- think about think about the different socioeconomic uh, communities that are being supported. And essentially having a place where you can that's that's climate controlled, where you can take your kids and just get as many books as you want. Get it, it not not just books, materials, mm-hmm. uh, videos, uh, instructional learning, games. Uh, this kind of resource um, it is not always available, and and this is the one place where where it's embra- embraced. You know, if you read studies on the impact of having thriving and healthy libraries in your community, you know, research says it you know, it adds to your quality of life. You know, when when you look at the way people view libraries, it, it just becomes something that adds to the quality of life. And luck, luckily for us, uh, city offic- the city officials in, in Dallas understand that. Now, obviously, we have a, a strong advocacy group that continues to encourage our lawmakers to um, support the public library, but in 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 all honesty, they they understand the importance of it because in many cases they were uh, intense users of it personally and with their family and their kids. So you know I can I can go on and on about sort of the benefit to our our local families that the library play in in, in you know in our community. And the Friends of the Dallas Public Library, you guys do so many great things, raising money for programming, staff development, and, and, and enhancing the library system much more than just the city budget providing. And, and also the, the securing of grants to help the public library evolve into its programming institute on the par with America's great public libraries. People, either they haven't been there yet or maybe they've seen it. The Central Library, which is across the street from City Hall, is absolutely amazing. It is a world-class facility. I was just over there last summer uh, speaking at an event on, I think it was the sixth floor. Absolutely beautiful. 
Can you talk about that particular structure and what what it means to the city of Dallas? Because I know it's it's like I said, it's across from City Hall Plaza, and people can venture there and walk inside and check out books or whatever they need to do, right? So absolutely. One one of the things people don't realize is that um, what, what the city uh, has traditionally supported, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, is that the physical facility, the physical building, as well as the the materials that go into the library to to create the library. Mm-hmm. What 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 is extra is you know some of the renovations of many of these buildings. What's extra is the programming that goes on. GED programs, the additional programs that you come to, others come to depend on at the library. All of those things are not funded by by the uh, city, and some of some of the the development required by the staff and this the library Dallas Public Library staff. I can't say it enough, especially in the Central Library, but of course across the city they are indispensable to their customers and yeah. their constituents and they go above and beyond and so we support their ongoing development as you mentioned we take the we send them to conferences we want them to continue to evolve we have an all-site so the team can get together so they can get rejuvenated and inspired with their annual kickoff or their annual picnic just to keep them inspired and engaged and so I can't say enough about, uh, and going back to the central library, um, you know, one of the things the library used to be co-located with the DMA way back in the day. Yes. Well as, and so some of that uh, history uh, with the central library is there with things like, you know, uh, artifacts, Declaration of the Independence, its history going back as far as Andrew Carnegie helping out with the establishment of the Dallas Public Library. So it's just a rich history. We have, there's a huge archive there, a set of archives and historical uh, literature there for researchers is one of the biggest uh, research facilities uh, in the country. So we can't say enough about this valuable resource and you know how how vast it is at the time they built it it was one of the biggest libraries uh west of the mississippi now it's no longer the biggest but it's still up there as one of the most uh prominent uh libraries in the country yes it's definitely world class it's an amazing thing how the downtown renaissance is actually centrally located as well because i mentioned it's across the street from the Dallas uh, City Hall, but it's actually also around the corner from the up and popping AT&T <laughs> Discovery District where it's it's literally walkable. I think a lot of people wind up walking past it or going inside just because of all the uh, the activities that are going on in that end of downtown. Yeah, absolutely. Now, because I was a former employee of AT&T, you know, it's been really exciting the investment that they've placed. So, of course, I'm excited and glad that that occurred. And I think what you'll see uh, from the city officials, I I can't speak on their behalf, but I think there's uh, some momentum gaining about connecting that uh, downtown discovery district to other parts surrounding City Hall yeah. and the 
Library. So I think you'll continue to see that growth, continued investment in that part of the city. And I know the library will be a part of that growth. One of the other libraries that's been doing very, very well is the Vickery Park Branch Library. And could you talk a little bit about the Teen Center and the State of the Art Children's Center? Yeah, I think um, I can't speak too much on it, but what I will say is that that community is a vibrant community that mm-hmm. uses their, their library pretty regularly, and they were very intent on having resources of that uh, available for young people in the community. And so you can see that there's a lot of focus on making that uh, a very warm and inviting place to encourage um, people to come in, use the resources. It was is uh, is configured to be a meeting place for the community, and so these are the kind of things the library has done to not just be a resource of materials, but be sort of that central uh, neighborhood meeting place where it brings different people together, and that's the exciting thing. That thing is that. The library is thinking beyond just giving, providing a mechanism to provide access to materials that you don't have, which is already invaluable. But they're saying, hey, come in, just be in our spaces. Let's let's create collaborative mm-hmm. space, foster community, and, and let's be an extension of, 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 of the community and a safe haven for all kind of sort of cultural activities. So I mean, that that's the part that is, you know, you can't get from ordering a book online or, or, or something like exactly. that. Exactly. That sense of community, that sense of collaboration, that sense of sort of bringing people together. Exactly. People are social beings and no one likes to be isolated. And if you do things in a collaborative way with your groups or different groups that you get to meet and mix and mingle why not at the library? Can you can you talk about some of the functions that have been held at the libraries over the years or some of the ideas of where people can use that that, that space for different kinds of things? Because, again, I mentioned I, I was at a function there at the Central Library, and it was just amazing. I was like, you know what? I never would have thought to use this facility in this manner. It was a great occasion. Well, first and foremost, we have our annual fundraiser there where we're raising funds for mm-hmm. the uh, the, the Dallas Public Library, oftentimes we feature, uh, this year we feature uh, local um, authors. Sometimes we have national figures coming there. Uh, there are any number, I talk, talked about GED program. Uh, there are speakers that are often there in our in the, in the auditorium around the area. It's just a number of functions, uh, some social, some fundraising, some of, like you said, Community meetings have happened there all the time. We have a small business center there that uh, uh, speakers come around helping uh, young entrepreneurs figure out, you know, what their next steps and helping them with their business plan. So there's just a numerous uh, amount of uh, things that are going there on, on going on there on a, on a weekly and monthly basis. Yeah. It's just a matter of reaching out and scheduling an opportunity. If, if it boils down to it, right. You, if there's a library near you in the Dallas area and you're thinking about, let's see if I, if my group can have our meeting there, our function there, just reach out. Right. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's a good thing that you bring that up. If I take a step back. Sure. You, the, the library was uh, closed a, a little while during the pandemic, but 
they really uh, worked hard to get back online to keep that as a, a resource that was available to people, especially when they were at home, especially during the time where kids were were not in school. You know, fast forward to today, yes, people are out and about and they're back to work, everyone is back traveling. But I think what we are, people are continuing to do is figure out how do they re-engage, how do yeah. they get back engaged in the community. People are trying to get back to the level of engagement that they were in the past and they're figuring out ways to do that. You know, I would encourage people to look at the resources available in the in the Dallas Public Library as an opportunity to to spark ideas and get plugged into different organizations that are operating out of the the, the library. So I, I think this could be a catalyst to to do more to bring us together and help people figure out, you know, what do they want to do next as their way of reengaging after this pandemic? Because I don't want to keep bringing the pandemic up, but I think people are still trying to figure out yeah. how do I get, get back the momentum and the, the level of involvement and engagement uh, I had in the past. And I think this is a, a, a great way to do that. And even if after the pandemic, you've had new ideas of how you want to spend your time going forward because you want to be more, have more of an impact in the community or, or connect with people more. You talk about the social connections. I, I would encourage uh, us to kind of reconsider the libraries, that, that resource to do that. Exactly. And as you talk about reconnecting, what a lot of people call it is the uh, pivot. How do you pivot from coming out of the pandemic and re-engaging in all the different things that you do, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So let's, let's, I love your, your technology background and how <laughs> it might coincide with libraries because sometimes people think of libraries as only books. And I know there's a lot of technology involved with a lot of the Dallas public libraries. Can you talk about how, you know, you're limiting your, you're not thinking outside of the box or you're limiting yourself. If you assume the only things that are in libraries are books and you can find everything you need online or Google. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> there's so many things. So first of all, most of the books are, are available through the public library online. So it's just available. It's, most of the resources are available on your phone by way of the Dallas Public Library. Okay. So while I encourage us to use those resources and physically to physically be present, really a, a lot of the resources are available to you uh, online. That's number one. So it's, it's, it's partnered like that. Put it like this. It's not an either or. That's correct. That's correct. Um, that's one thing I can say about the library. They're not stuck um, Joe Gadice, the director, is not stuck in time. She's constantly innovating, using technologies like uh, radio frequency identification, uh, RFIDs to track and inventory books. She has mm. a supply chain process that's second to none. You know, she's making sure she has the best. Um, uh, she's bringing technology forward with these assets as well as making them all digitally available. If you go to their website, they have everything online in terms of what the schedule is for the year, in terms of what's available and what you can attend. The resources around, I know a lot of people are into gene genealogy and uh -huh. trying to understand the history. 
they have librarians who are experts in this area because who can help you track down things even if it's not available online they have second primary and secondary resources available that you would never think you know one of the things you know people go to school masters in library science and these people are research experts and mm -hmm. so you know it's funny we 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 kind of think we got google at our fingertips so we're research experts on <laughs> the truth you know sometimes you need to rely on you know indeed someone who's gone to school and really has some expertise in this and the resource uh, they have that resource and they're bringing that technology to bear as they move the library forward i talk about the collaboration space and how they're structuring the space it's not cold anymore it's warm um, through a generous uh, donation, we're making spaces aware, uh, available throughout the city for, you know, preschool level kids to start in their formative years okay. to start developing, to uh, learn. So these are the kind of things that are available. And, uh, and, it, and it's definitely thinking for from a technolo technological standpoint and from a, a design perspective. So using a lot of design techniques to make sure we're getting the most uh, out of our physical resources as well as uh, digital resources. You know, you struck a nerve when you were talking about genealogy because my father <laughs> has become our family's historian because okay. he's got all this access. All he does is compile data. I mean, he, he gets a kick out of this. And so he is a genealogist, he is a historian, and it just, when you said that, it dawned on me, wait a minute, anybody can go to the public library, the Dallas Public Library, and Absolutely. start finding out about themselves, find out about their family tree. You can do your research right there, and you could do it yep. in a nice, quiet atmosphere. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal place. Uh, you know, I, you, you asked me when we first started, um, you know, why, you know, why did I get involved? Yeah. You know, for me, you know, growing up, I feel like on a day-to-day -day basis, unless you are, you know, well-traveled, unless you have access to a lot of different resources, it's kind of hard to kind of pick and understand what the possibilities are, you know, in terms of career choices, in terms of uh, where can you live, where can you stay, and, you know, one of the things you get when you go to the library that some of the online resources don't have, like the Googles, Amazon, or whatever you have, you when you go to the library, you have a, a librarian, mm -hmm. a staff member there who can help walk you through this. That can be you know, sort of an advisor to you as you try to explore some of these things you're trying to explore. I mean, we haven't even talked about cookbooks or whatever your interest is. That's you, right. Whatever your interest is. There's a section in a library that can help you. And you essentially got an advisor there with you who can help guide you through that process. So there's very few places in the world where, you know, you can take advantage of those kind of resources for basically free. We're talking to Gary Gatz, and he's the chairman of the Friends of the Dallas Public Library. And the Friends of the Dallas Public Library, a nonprofit, has been around since 1950. It was started by several prominent Dallasites, including Stanley Marcus. So you guys have got a network over all these years of all kinds of contacts that can help benefit 
the public library. I, I mentioned the context, including the people involved with the Crystal Charity Ball. So it's, it's almost like you're there and you've got the backing as well. It's not like, okay, we're we're desperate. and we're tr- You actually have a nice network of people that can actually fundraise and get things done for the Dallas Public Libraries. Chris, hey, that was very nice of you to say, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I've been involved at every level of nonprofit organizations throughout my career. Mm-hmm. And this organization, I would admit, is very uh, well supported in the the uh, community. People love the library and people really are uh, doing their best to support it. We want to make sure we keep that momentum going. We have young users of the library, younger families, and we want them to understand the broader impact the library is having, and we want them to become contributors as well. Uh, no, we're, we're, we're not struggling, but we want to do more. Sure. We know we can a, a, a greater impact. As you mentioned, started in 1950. We're coming up shortly on our 75th anniversary, 75 years. And we're still growing strong, but we, we still, that does not mean, you know, that we can um, afford to rest on our laurels because the Dallas Public Libraries, the need of the services in the Dallas Public Library are only growing. Are yeah, the more- population is getting larger. People are moving down here. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. You know that already. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, uh, and in fact, uh, you know, you talk about what we're able to do from a digital perspective. We want to do more. The, the staff has the, the expertise and the capability to do more. They're only limited by by their support. We've gotten great support in the past, and we want to keep that momentum going. Are there some things coming up this calendar year or this spring that you might want to mention that maybe people want to either volunteer or partner with you guys on? Well, one one of the things is we have several uh, committees. And so we have a board. Number one, we have a board. And we're always soliciting professionals and, you know, out in the you know city involved with the community to get involved with our board. That's number one. There's in uh, innumerable opportunities to volunteer. We're always looking for help with Joe Gadice, our director is always looking for help and volunteers. And so you can look at the calendar events and see how you can get involved. Um, and then obviously we, we always want you to become a member and make a donation uh, to, to the public library. So there are any number of ways to get involved either personally through your volunteer efforts, either on the board or as a donor. Hey Mel, Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy. Hey Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl. But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget just as soon as I... Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. So we're in any one of those we 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 would warmly welcome. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. You have been a wealth of information. I really enjoyed this conversation we're having. We're talking with Gary Godson. He is the chairman of the Friends of the Dallas Public Library. Gary, we got to do this again real soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. This was fun. And we're joined now by Miss Tosca Medlock Lee, a longtime friend of mine. And she happens to be the media relations and program coordinator with Project Unity, one of the groups that puts together people in the community with various organizations for either functions, events, or things that bring people together. Did I say that right? Well, you know, you said it right. Uh, The key thing is that you got the word together in there. That's right, because it's Together We This. We Can you talk about the different Together programs that Project Unity has? And then we'll talk about how Project Unity got started. Well, absolutely. And thank you so much for having uh, to, for having me on. Sure. And to sit in this space to, uh, to share with your listeners about Project Unity. Um, but yeah, so we are an organization. If you hear Together We, mm-hmm. then it's likely that we are somewhere with an engine behind it. So... Um, um, once we talk a little bit about who we are, how we got started, uh, the Together We mantra in our brand has propelled so many ways for us to come together in our community. Uh, like Together We Ball, Together mm-hmm. We Sing, Together We Dine, Together We Learn, Together We Vaccinate, Together We, you know, so if it if, if it has a Together We, it's likely again that, that we're we're somewhere, you know, with an engine drumming it up. So Project Unity was started by our good friend, Pastor Richie Butler. And can you talk about, we've had him on the show before. He is a visionary and he's one of the great guys. Again, back to, I I remember him from his back to his SMU days when he was a cornerback with Eric Dickerson back in the day. (laughs) And then he became a pastor. And I mean, he is, he's just an absolutely amazing guy. Could you talk about the, the beginnings of Project Unity? Yeah, and uh, and I'm I'm grateful to uh, to be a part of that beginning. Yes, um, uh, Richie. Here's an interesting story. Interesting story is that uh, Richie had launched a church uh, years ago called Union uh, Union Cathedral. Okay, and uh, and he of course is staunched in SMU as an athlete, and then. Uh, undergraduate degree. And uh, and so he's been hanging around the Methodist for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And our former bishop of the North Texas Conference, Bishop Michael McKee, the story goes, he asked Richie one day, hey, have you ever thought about becoming Methodist? You know, 
and uh, and that got a conversation to going and something really unique and wonderful happened because the historic St. Paul United Methodist Church that is 150 years old this year uh, was the right. of a pastor. That church was birthed 10 years after Eman Emancipation Proclamation. Wow. Or before the Emancipation Proclamation. So 150 years in 2023. So it's celebrating all year long. So back, you know, in 2016, 2015, Bishop McKee was talking to Richie about becoming United Methodist. So what happened was they merged a non-denominational church that Richie Butler had founded and was pastoring with the old church in St. Paul. So that's how uh, Richie came to be in the United Methodist denomination. Before you go any further, I've got to throw this out there for those who say St. Paul's. Yes, it's St. Paul's downtown Dallas, right across the street from the arts magnet, uh, Booker T. Washington High School. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like a little black history fact there. Yes. Um, uh, so anyway, he came in and uh, and with this grand vision of building this church in the arts district and uh, and brought in his congregation. We merged the two and there was a lot of energy and synergy. And boom, uh, Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, uh, had lost his life to the hands of police. Mm -hmm. And um, and so that was his entree into, oh my God, something has happened. People are taken to the streets. You know, our young people in the church were like, we're going to the protest, you know? And so it was like an impromptu organizing of the protest. And so a lot of the youth from the church went to the protest uh, uh, accompanied by parents and youth group leaders and things of that nature. And during that peaceful protest, we all know what happened. Those five police officers were gunned down, mm -hmm. protecting peaceful protesters. And uh, and so Richie came back and said, you know, we must do something. and um, To bring everybody and, together. And we must bring everybody together. And so he did. He brought a town hall meeting to that historic congregation. And then he says that every single thing, emotion that you don't want to happen in a place of a space of faith, a space of a sanctuary happened. People were yelling and screaming and they were upset and mad and, you know, and choice words were happening, all kinds of things. And um, so he brought in all the top cops, the DA, the police chief and, and everybody like that. And, um, and so together we, the Project Unity was born out of that because he says that we have to be able to come to spaces to have a conversation. And so one of the core values that he said he needed to, he wanted to pro pro project was unity, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, and so from that moment, Chris, is how Project Unity started. And, and as you know, Richie is this visionary. He thinks big, he dreams big, he processes big. He said, you know what? I'm going to write President Bush, you know, uh, George Bush, George mm -hmm. at the time, W. And, and I'm going to ask him if he would help champion this call, cause of Project Unity, this whole collaborative movement uh, to based on faith-driven principles that what unites us is greater than what divides us. And lo and behold, President Bush says, of course, you could use my name, you could use my likeness and, we, and, and build this thing. And, you know, and so he signed on. President Bush was our very first ambassador for Project Unity. Mm-hmm. And the, the 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 things that you guys have been able to accomplish over the last five or six years have been absolutely amazing. In fact, 
Let's talk about the, the Together We programs and, and individually. I remember Together We Ball. In fact, I was the MC for quite a few of those. In fact, maybe every yep. single one of them. It's the, yep. where the police and the uh, the students and the, the police and the pastors would yes. play basketball with each other, not against each other, but you'd have a draft. And, and then yes. it brought kids and, and people who never saw police officers in that light with people in the community. Yeah. So our 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 deal was our mission basically is to fulfill uh, building community and sustaining community through dialogue, community building events, activities and education and empowerment. Now, and then we do that through what you just described, these Together We programs, mm-hmm. you know, our signature program. And let's just talk about Together We Ball, because Together We Ball really is uh, the premier program that allows community and police and pastors and students and everyone to come together under one roof to where we are collectively, you know, seeing the same side. Pastor Richie always says that, hey, you know what, what divides us is greater than what, you know, what divides, what unites us is greater than what divides us. Yes. And so he also says that, you know, if we can bring police and pastors and community together and we could all be on the same page that, so when there's an incident, then we could remember that we have come together in, in unity for something besides coming together when there's an incident. So that ball game really is about building community relations with pol- between police and community. And so it's a huge event. It highlights uh, uh, a youth, uh, a high school exhibition basketball game. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks is a major supporter. They do the youth skills and drills camp that you mm-hmm. are probably familiar with. We bring in the community because we have these old school free throws and community three point contests of which you emcee, you know, those those events. We bring in the superheroes for the Dallas Police Department. We have autograph stations. We have radio stations, face paintings. We have every area music everything music from drum lines to the cheerleaders you know the whole nine yards because we want police to be to be looked upon in a different way when they come to our community because you know truth be told in many minority communities we don't see police in that light when they come to our community it's because something has happened or that's the perception that okay something is wrong if you come to our community you didn't just come just to go to the neighborhood park to shoot basketball with the kids you know, it's so wild about because this. Somebody may have fit a profile. Exactly. Exactly. It's allowing people to find out that everybody's human being. What I love about Project okay. Unity, and we got Tosca Medlock Lee on joining us about Project Unity. For those who just joined in, Project Unity is a collaborative movement based on the faith-driven belief that what unites us is greater than what divides us. The core focus is building and sustaining community. The mission is fulfilled through dialogue, community-building events, and activities, education, and empowerment. And we just mentioned the Together We Ball, but there's also been Together We've Dined. I've come to a couple of those events. Can you talk about the Together We Dine where people actually sit down and talk about things over food? Wow, absolutely. Now, this inspiration is simply the fact that when you go to the dinner table, several things are not talked about at the dinner table. You're not gonna talk about politics, and you're not going to talk about religion. You're not going to talk about race because who knows whose thoughts or what around that dinner table and it could bust up a table, right? Yeah, and it could be family <laughs> with different thoughts. 
It can, you have family members that has different thoughts, you know, Friends. on various issues, various diverse issues, whether it's LGBTQI, whether it's what you feel about, you know, race relations or, or what you feel about politics. It's been a many of families that have divided oh, yeah. based on a re- across a meal. And it usually so happens over to, Thanksgiving. Over Thanksgiving. We wanted to reclaim that narrative. We wanted to create uh, courageous and safe dining conversations that are guided with facilitators that was focused on a core value and that is listening listening to the stories of your fellow diner and so that's the purpose of together we dine so we bring these diverse dining tables together with corporations with faith communities with the basic community uh with uh, uh sorority groups fraternity we put together uh, diverse racially made up dinner tables with a trained facilitator with a set of questions where each person is uh, invited to read a question, reflect on the question, and have a healthy and structured dialogue based on their own experiences. And that's what's so, so great that's about the, it. That's the healthy thing on it. So, yeah. Chris, for example, describe the racial makeup of your community growing up and how did it shape your views on race? So you're at a dining table with seven, eight, nine people and a facilitator, and you grab that question, then you're the only one that's reflecting and answering that question. And no one offers a comment on that question on the first round. Mm -hmm. So they are, they are structured so well, so that when we come back after everyone has had an opportunity to share, and we've had an opportunity to listen, then we develop some dialogue about what I heard you say and how I might have, you know, felt a certain way in my own context, not about your context, because your story is your story. And we respect that. It's absolutely uh, an enthralling endeavor because again, no one's judging you. You're just talking about what you know, and then you find out how other people are. And you guess what? It stirs the conversation and it makes people realize they have more in common more commonality than things that that are differences. Yes, it's just an amazing process. And then there's some other together we's. Can you talk about some of those? Because I think this whole formula is just just transformative. Well, yeah, I just want to say this about about our dimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris, we have had uh, hundreds of dimes since we have started. We have we have had thousands of dining participants. We've had dozens of corporations like the Dallas Mavericks and um, PricewaterhouseCoopers and Toyota and Jackson and Walker. We've had dozen uh, NTT data of, of Fortune 100 and uh, Fortune 50 corporations, 500 corporations. And guess what? We just left New Orleans with the American Bar Association presidents. We did a dime wow. two weeks ago in New Orleans with the American Bar Association presidents. And I want your listeners to know that if we don't think that having our legislatures, they they want to be able to talk across aisles and get things done in a, you know, in a manner uh, that's going to benefit citizens everywhere, just not any particular party. We've been invited to Austin. So on the 27th of February, we're going to be doing a legislative dine. Oh, fantastic. In the state of Texas. So I just wanted to throw that out there because these experiences uh, have been pivotal in terms of how people are now seeing their work. 
And so it spun into us creating more diversity, equity, and inclusion solutions. And so we now have launched, launched from the Dines, we've launched this thing for corporations called the Collab Lab. And so we have DEI professionals that are working in a Collab Lab and talking and discussing best practices, all because they've been in safe spaces to discuss race and race relations, you know, from our Dines. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, that's fantastic. Again, you're, you're creating solutions here. This is, what's, this is what people love. It's one thing to yeah. recognize a problem. There's another thing to dwell on the problem. But there's another thing when you say, and this is how we can probably solve these problems. And that's how people move forward. That's how the country moved forward. We're talking with Tosca Metlock Lee with Project Unity. And we're talking about the different Together We programs. And we mentioned Together We Ball, Together We Dine. Or what about Together We Sing? Well, you know, I'm glad you went there. Um, Together We Sing is... Um, we started that program in 20, um, actually we did our first event probably in 2017 with mm -hmm. the Dallas, with the uh, State Fair of Texas. So um, the intent for Together We Sing, literally, uh, Richie says that there are three things that bring people together, no matter your race, color, creed, or what have you. Uh, food. We come together around food. Yes. Thus, together we dine. We come together because we love our Dallas Mavericks. We love our Dallas Cowboys. We love our Texas Rangers. And if there's a home run or if there's a dunk on the basketball court or or if there's a, a Zeke jumping into the Salvation Army kettle because <laughs> we scored a touchdown, everybody all around. I've yes. been to the cowboy games i don't care who's sitting next or behind me white red or whatever we're gonna high five we're gonna get together because we're all cheering for the same team so those th three things bring us together so part of those core events for project unity ball which is sports dine which is food and sing which is music and entertainment that brings us together people come together around music because music is a great uniter mm -hmm. and so when we began the together we sing program we started it because Project Unity was really funded by uh, donations, and then it was funded by uh, grants. And we never, like other nonprofit organizations, we didn't do any chicken dinners. We didn't do any banquets. We had no fundraiser. So we concepted uh, a program with the Dallas Symphony Orchestra. And, 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 and it created our signature fundraiser. So in 2019, uh, we teamed up with the Dallas Symphony Orchestra at the Morton Myers and Symphony Center to create uh, Together We Sing. And, um, and we did that by going to a myriad of faith communities. So we have a 200 ecumenical multi-faith choir that sings with the Dallas Symphony Orchestra yes. every year. And we bring in a Grammy Award winning headliner and we call it uh, where gospel meets classical, a gospel goes classical, a yes. night of inspiration. And so uh, because, you know, um, many times uh, people uh, of color don't frequent the symphony as much as other individuals do because it's just, you know, not necessarily part of our culture. So we felt like if we brought a new music genre Mm -hmm. to the symphony, then we could be able to expose our, our young people. We could be able to expose our community 
and our faith communities to our traditions. And so that's that's what that's all about. We're looking forward to it, Chris, because we are going to go back to the symphony this year on Thursday, June the 15th. And uh, and so we're coming back. And this year we're doing not only gospel meets classical, but we're going to do a hip hop meets classical as a part wow. of a tribute to 50 years in hip hop with the Dallas Symphony Orchestra. That is fantastic. As we continue to scroll down the Together We programs, with Project Unity. How about Together We Learn? Now, Chris, Together We Learn, I will have to tell you, is one of my favorites. Ah. Um, Together We Learn, and and I say that because, you know, what has just happened in uh, Memphis with Mm -hmm. the police Mm -hmm. and um, and Tyree Nichols uh, and what has happened with, you know, uh, Philando Castile and, you know, so many other interactions with the police. And the this program, believe it or not, was created by the National Black Police Associations and uh, a, a sergeant right here in the Dallas Police Department worked with Project Unity to create this program, which is now a law, Senate Bill 30. Royce West was so impressed with the work that we were doing with Dallas area youth to make sure that we not only strengthen the bond, but that when there's a simple traffic stop. Exactly. What that to everyone do? Everyone can go home safely. Yes. And In so, other words, yes. For those who what you what you've been hinting at, it's like black parents have to have the talk with their children about if you get pulled over by the police. This program you're talking about, it's it's showing people who are pulled over how to engage with the police officers and how yeah. the police officers can engage with the people they pull over, and there's no misunderstanding. Yeah. So this program that was created by the National Police uh, Association with Project Unity, it is a classroom style instructions with mock simulations on how to interact with officers doing a basic pedestrian stop or a traffic stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, we are we have uh, our partners, the kids are in a car, our partners with, uh, with Lexus and, and other car dealerships, they loan us a car and the kids are in the car and the police officers pull up behind them with their flashing lights and they go through after the classroom instructions on how to respond. Yeah. You know, they re- they receive instructions. They engage in this whole mock scenario and then they dialogue and are able to ask questions. And then they get a certificate of completion, which supports Senate Bill 30, because now Senate Bill 30 says that every senior before they graduate must have had some type of training on interacting with the police. Now, you know why we must do that? Because everybody doesn't get that talk. Now, and it's and then and vice versa, exactly. the police yeah. is the opportunity to know where others are coming from. Because at the end of the day, we want our officers to be safe. And we want them to go back home to their families. Because guess what? Those officers are fathers. They have kids in high school and, you know, they they are they are family people and our children are just like they're part of family units as well. And so that program is near and dear because you and I and, and you know, we all know and some of us ourselves have had uh, interactions with the police that, you know, sometimes we just pray that it's going to go all right. Mm hmm. And that's why it's so important. And that's why Together We Learn is a great, great you got it's just a great program. And again, you've got so many great programs. Let's move along here because we don't want to leave anything out. Let's talk about Together We Build. 
Well, Together We Build is the ultimate, you know, of where we see ourselves. I mean, that's like the ultimate vision for Project Unity in terms of, you know what, if we could build healthy, strong communities, because what does that mean? I mean, that means that healthcare, mm-hmm. you know, remember when we were all in the in the throes of the pandemic, of COVID, yeah, in the pandemic, and our communities, you know, were not accessing vaccines and so on and so forth. Then we took to the streets to and partnered with Catalyst Healthcare and took and went to apartment complexes and set up at Williams Chicken locations. And, you know, we brought all of the, we brought the vaccines to the community in order to get people vaccinated in first, second, third dose, what have you. I mean, and that, that was critical in terms of how you build community. Mm -hmm. When you build community, you have healthy uh, people in a community, you have education, access, you know, to education. And so that is, that was really, really critical in terms of what we're looking for forward to in terms of building strong, healthy communities. And you've got great relationships to get these things done. Well, I tell you what, if it were not for our volunteers, Mm -hmm. if it were not for our partners, if it were not for, you know, people like um, uh, uh, Dallas Mavericks and, and um, Invesco and Paul Quinn and, you know, our banking relationship, if it were not for a ton of our partners, I'm telling you, we would not be able to do the things that we do, Texas Capital Bank and Capital One. And so we're very grateful, um, you know, for our for our relationships and for our sponsors and for our partners that help us get this work done. But one of the things I, I think that is important to know is that when we look at the impact that we have had uh, with our work, um, it is really it's really impressive, you know, yes. for the short time that we've been on board uh, in doing this work and the commitment that we have. I mean, it's been very impressive in terms of how we are able to, you know, impact our community. And let us not forget, together we can. Oh my gosh. Now, together we can is, uh, I started with with uh, working with Tom Thumb, Um when we, it was really funny because we had these, um, you probably have seen our bracelets. Oh, yes. Our, uh, Together We Can bracelets. Uh-huh. And, you know, and it was just about, you know, will we be able to live in unity? And I'm going to tell you how that came about. Rob Crane, who is one of our chief ambassadors, uh, he's a local attorney in Dallas. And Rob was the president of the Dallas Bar Association uh, and then we we call him. He's a middle aged white man, as, as as he describes himself. And uh, he called up Richie after George Floyd, after the world mm-hmm. witnessed George Floyd being murdered, and um, and everybody that had any relationships with any white people, in many cases, received a call and was like, "Oh my God, what can I do? Because this is ridiculous and this is sad mm-hmm. that we've." had to witness this on, on, on national television. And so Rob was receiving a lot of those uh, calls. And so he called Richie and said, you know, what can I do? You know, and Richie was like, dude, y'all gonna have to do your own work. You know, you, you, you have to do your work. I mean, we cannot, if, if we, if black people could have solved racism by ourselves, we would have solved it a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And so Rob said, you know what? the answer to the question that many Americans were asking, how can I help change the trajectory of 
race in America. Rob said it came to him that it was about a lifestyle, a lifestyle of mindfulness and action against racism. And so he wanted to create together we can for people just like him, middle-aged white people that he's, you know, his own words to educate, enable and empower a lifestyle of mindfulness and action. And so what this program simply does is it, it gives resources to our brothers and sisters who are not African-American with how they themselves can engage in learning more about racism in this country, about the history of racism and things of that nature. So it's a program where people can get resources, where they could hear real life stories of people who have experienced prejudices and, and racism. And if you go to that website, togetherwecan.one, you will see people like Ron Kirk, you know, with the video on the on Ambassador the Kirk, racism. yes. Yeah, you'll be able to see Sean Brown, who, you know, who's working with uh, the Texas Women's University. And mm -hmm. you'll be able to see all kinds of high level people that share their stories on how they have been impacted by microaggressions, prejudice and racism. But this is the program that gives you a tool to do your own work your way. And so every month you get a you get on our newsletter, you get a resource, whether it's a movie. You know, whether it's a book or whether it's an article, we resource you with information so that you can reflect in your own way. Yeah. In your Nothing own way, on your own schedule. In your own yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's, way, it's not forced schedule. on you. It's like you can do it at your own pace. Right. You can do it at your own pace. And I mean, and that is just that is just so important to us because Project Unity was not created to beat somebody down and to make people feel bad. Right. It was created so that we can have a safe, non-judgmental space for people to be able to do their work their way and us resource them in that space. Tosca, you have been a resource for this show all about Project Unity and all the Together programs that they have. Thanks again for joining us, okay? I appreciate you. And is there any way anybody wanted to get in touch, whether they wanted to volunteer or partner with Project Unity? So we are always looking for volunteers um, and you can just go to projectunity.net and sign up to volunteer. We're looking, we look for facilitators to help facilitate our dines. We do them all over the Metroplex. Many of them are virtual. Uh, uh, we look for persons who may want to volunteer with any of our programs. So um, become an ally with us. And if your corporation or your company, you want to have a dime for your company or you work in the space of DNI, we have solutions for you and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Chris, thank you so much because you've been such a committed and a faithful uh, supporter of Project Unity since its inception. And we do not take that for granted. So thank you so much. Oh, for sure. You guys have a great thing going on and I'm just glad so many people are able to share with you. Again, thanks, Tosca. We've got to do it again soon. Okay. All right. Be blessed and have a great day. That's Tosca Metlock Lee. I'm Chris Arnold of 1053 The Fan, thanking you for joining us. Tune in next week as we focus on other organizations doing great things in our community right here on Better Living. So long, everybody. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.